0: It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Tactical Magic. This is Molly, your host, and I'm very excited to be talking to you, you tactical magicians, today. Um, Right now, we're seeing more online courses and group programs being created than ever before. I'm sure that's just true in general, and also I'm recording this um, in the summer as COVID and The quarantine has hit the world. So even now more than ever, especially, we're seeing a lot of people realizing that they want to show up online. They want to create easier ways for their clients and their customers to receive content from them, and they're doing that by getting themselves set up online. So while right now in the world it is easier than it's ever been to design, create, and launch courses and programs, that doesn't necessarily mean that they will sell or be received and digested by those who could really use them. So I personally have been creating courses for many years now. I've created many successful programs and launched lots of courses for myself in addition to many, many courses and programs that I've helped create, design, um, and deliver and launch for my clients and for my customers. So um, I'm going to share with you today my best kept secrets, some of my insights from this world of online Um, content delivery, and hopefully it will help you make or refine your content so that more people can say yes and actually use it. So there's a high percentage of people who, once they buy an online course, they don't necessarily actually interact with it or actually make use of it, or they start out really strong and then after a few days or weeks, they stop paying attention to it and never come back. So there are things we can do as the creators of our courses to make it easier for them to come back, to Get more rewarding for them to stick with it and to make sure that they get that result that they purchase the thing in the first place. Sure, it's nice for people to buy your course and to receive the income from that, but it's a whole lot nicer if your magic trick is actually being delivered and the people who need to receive it are actually getting the benefit from it. So the first of these course creation tips is of course to do your research. So it's important to know who who your people are. It's really important to know what they most desire and also to pull your program titles, content, and ideas from that data. So if you've done a lot of one-on-one work, I imagine you have a good handle on who exactly it is that you serve, what they're often challenged with, what their deep aspirations and goals are. And when you create your courses based on that material, rather than what you think would be fun or you know would be um, generative for you to create, when you really focus on what those people have been telling you in conversation or in consultation or in actual work with you, what it is that they most desire, that should be the driving force behind your content and what you're putting out into the world. Another way to do that research is to actually find out who is in your marketplace. So who are the experts and influencers and industry leaders in the realm that you're wanting to show up in online? And not to, absolutely not to, in any way copy them or pull from their content, but take a look and see what they're doing that's actually working. What is it that they're selling? How are they framing that um, value add? And how can you, in your own way, take note of that and make your content um illustrate the magic of what you do in a way that you already know is proven to be successful. So pay attention to what's working, pay attention to what people have told you explicitly that they desire and pull your content from that information. Which brings us to um, course creation tip number two, which is want versus need. So this is a key distinction that I talk about a lot in my own courses because I teach this kind of stuff. that there's a difference between what people want and what people need. And when you're willing to market your programs and courses based on what people tell you that they explicitly desire, not just on what you know that they need, there's a huge difference in their ability to say yes and to show up and get it. Um, That's the simple key to making your offerings desirable and irresistible. So what does this mean? Want versus need. We tend to be, especially if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess that you're one of those amazing empathic creatures and people can start telling you about what they're challenged with and you can start offering solutions, but if you're not paying attention to exactly what they're conscious of that they desire and you start building courses and materials that are based on what you know they need to get there, even if the outcome is aligned, even if you're still saying this is going to help you wake up or be more mindful or make more money or, um, you know, have optimal health or improve your relationships, even if the outcome is the same, if you're not framing it in a way that's something they've been craving, and you're just telling them what they need to do to get there, it's going to sound like work. It's going to sound um, just less sexy marketing-wise than it could if you framed it in the context of what they actually desire. So even though I know people maybe need to grow their email list or need to... Um, develop their content in order to be successful marketing their work online, I'm going to talk more about what people actually want, which is increasing their impact and making a bigger difference in the world and making enough money that they can travel more or live the lifestyle that they wanted to live when they got into being an entrepreneur in the first place. So we frame things in what they desire, even though once they show up and buy that course, we're still going to give them what they need. So I see a lot of times on sales pages and people selling uh, programs and courses via email and online marketing that it's easy to lean into the process and tell people how we're going to get there. But that's not actually the sexy stuff to read or the compelling stuff to receive. When we talk about what they're going to get out of it, that value promise, that unique proposition, um, that's what really makes it enticing and makes it, irresistible to say yes to. So want versus need. Maybe you could look at the last time you launched a course or the last time you put out some sort of marketing material that was inviting people into your business and into your world. Were you talking about what those people need to do or were you talking about what they actually want? Good distinction. Okay, course tip number three is to have a funnel. So um, this is super common because I think a lot of people are afraid of the word funnel, um, which I'll take some of the mystery out of that for you in a moment. But the idea is to not just keep selling to a cold audience. So I know a lot of people who will just run Facebook ads and hope to make a sale straight from that. Um, or they will launch a course to everyone they know who's already on their email list and not necessarily be building the relationship in any way from pr- someone to go from not knowing you at all to getting to know you or date you or you know building that connection and understanding the value of what you do, how it's going to help them, educating them on the process a little bit, but really giving them the information that they need to make an educated decision about whether they want to work with you or not. And then when the time is right, making that invitation. So if any of you have been using your email list solely to make invitations, as in opt into this or buy this or show up to this, um, then you might be missing the mark when it comes to nurturing your connection with those people. It's really important to give some content away for free or to have, for example, this podcast or a YouTube channel or even some free gifts or materials on your website like a blog where people can actually learn from you, get to know your style as a leader and a facilitator before they're ever invited to come deeper and um, go from that dating phase into the marriage or bedroom phase where they actually purchase your time and attention. So don't just sell to a cold audience. Be willing to build your list, give some content away for free, nurture your connection with those people, and then it makes a lot more sense on their end to say yes to that deeper paid work that you're inviting them to because you've you know taken the time to foster that connection and let them know exactly what they're in for, both your energy and the content that you're delivering. Course creation tip number four is to gamify the experience if you haven't already you can go back and listen to uh, one of the earlier episodes on this podcast about all about gamification where i interviewed a good friend of mine chris tomaso all about the beauty of gamification so gamification essentially is playing to the fact that humans really like to play games. We like to interact with things, we like to be a participant in the process, we like to feel engaged, and we also like to be rewarded. So if you've ever played a video game before, there was probably some sound or some light or some buzzer that went off, even old pinball machines will make all this racket and noise when you do something right. And that is giving us a dopamine response to, taking action and to doing something well, our brain loves happy chemicals like dopamine, so it actually incentivizes us to try again and do more so that we can receive that positive feedback again and again. So it is possible, and actually not that complicated, to make it really fun and rewarding for people to engage with your content. Maybe there's prizes for people who interact. Maybe there's a bonus if they finish the tasks in a certain timeline find a way to design your content so that the action and the interaction lead to a celebration of people's efforts when they interact with it. Um, One of my favorite ways that I do this is in my larger group programs, there's a game that's integrated in the entire course. So anytime people maybe email their list or anytime someone sets up a new system of operations file for their um, business to be more streamlined or anytime people show up to the live calls or anytime they even track their points over time, they get more points. And every month we tally up those points and people win things like a spot on this podcast or they win things like um, me writing copy for their email list or sometimes they win things like I'll go live with you on your Facebook page so that um, you can be interviewed instead of having to come up with content on your own. There's all these different ways that I can bonus them into things that are really easy for me to deliver, really fun for them to receive, and just add that extra layer of encouragement so that they wanna take action, they wanna keep participating, they wanna show up to those calls and find out what's gonna happen next if they continue to engage. So that's a little short blurb about gamification. There's so much more I could say about that because I love gamification. Another version of that is actually themification. So themification is when you bring in a sort of storyline element to chart the journey of the experience people are going on with you. Um, An example of that, I have a course um, called Your Money Machine, and I used to run it live. Now it's an online course, but when I ran it live, I actually designed a treasure map that people could mark every action they took in the course. It would Bring them along the storyline of this treasure map. And the symbols on the treasure map didn't really make much sense. So they had to show up to the calls live to understand what that next chunk of the journey was all about. And I added this whole mythology element to this story that we were all adventuring along together. And it made it a lot more fun for people to show up to the calls and also have that little feeling of a win. I get to check off this little X on my treasure map every single time I take an action for my business. Um, so that's gamification and themification, which brings us to number five on our course creation tips, which is to make it easy to receive. So um, we've got the job of having to let people know what they need to do to engage. So to assume that somebody knows how to log into the membership site or to assume somebody knows how to join the Facebook group that's part of the course, it's not something that is innately known, and I think sometimes we overlook the fact that we need to explicitly let people know how they can engage. What are you asking of them? What's required of them? Once someone joins a course or a program, they need to get that information immediately, whether it's on the thank you page or also in the welcome email that they receive. Be specific and explicit in where they click, where they log in, how they receive the materials, and how they can progress through the work. And sometimes if it's something that goes on for a while, those reminders might need to come every week or every month to keep them um, informed on how they can continue receiving that content that they um, invested in. So make it easy to receive. Let people know what exactly they need to do to engage in the content and to engage in the community if that's an element as well. Number six is reminders, prompts, and engagement. So I sort of started touching on that. But you can set up easy ways to remind people to engage. Um, An example of not doing this recently, I had a client, we were building a course, and instead of us handling the automation of this process, which is something we would normally do, she thought, oh, it's easy. I'll just send out this email once a day for this 21-day challenge that I'm doing. I'll just wake up in the morning and that's the email that I send. That's Great if that's something that you want to do, and if you have the time, and if you'll remember, and all of that. But she set up that 21 days of content before the challenge even started. So it was super simple for us to actually just go put that into an automation sequence, have everyone trigger on the same day, and have those reminder emails go out either with the content already in the email, or it can be those reminders to say, Hey, we have a call tomorrow. Hey, we have a call today. Hey, don't forget, module two is available now so go back into the membership site and log in to check it out. If you can set up ways to remind them to engage and make it easy on your end to keep people showing up to calls and watching the videos and taking those actions, it's going to be a lot easier to keep the conversation alive. Um, You can also automate posts to go into your social media groups or into your community settings so that people are reminded on Monday, hey, you get to share a link about your business on Monday or hey, what's the one thing you're working on this week? Let us celebrate with you Um, or let us hold you accountable. There's so much that you can do as far as reminding people to engage and you can set that up in advance and have it as an automated scheduled out system that doesn't have to be on your to-do list and you don't have to beat yourself up because you forgot to do it today or this week or this month. Um, So make it easy on yourself and make it easy on the people who are receiving your content. Number seven is high versus low touch. So there's a couple different ways too in addition to like a whole spectrum between these two ways but The more contact a person receives with you, the more that your program is actually worth and the more that they're actually gonna get out of it. So if people are dropping off out of your program or not finishing the course, you could add in a group call element or you could add a discussion thread or a Facebook group. You can also add in-person time and attention with you, or it could be attention from coaches or mentors that you've hired and trained on your team. This both adds value, and it also boosts engagement by holding people more closely accountable to showing up for themselves and showing up for the work that they agreed to do when they signed on to working with you. Um, I'll just add here that one of my favorite things I was have this 6 month program called Magnetic Influencer Collective which is about to launch again in August of 2020 so if you want to know more about that it's wildheartsriseup.com/magic if you're listening to this in the future i'm sure that i'll be launching that again soon if you're listening to this in real time in 2020 then definitely check it out because it's one of my favorite offerings that i created But what I noticed when I started that program was that people were engaged and they were having a really great time. But I knew that we could be doing more if each person in that course actually had some one on one attention with me. So I added that to the program that in addition to this very robust amount of content and these really powerful group calls where we take action and Like break through our limitations together, you also get a chunk of hours with me personally where we get to strategize for your business and we get to write that content together and we get to overcome any technological blocks that you might have to reaching more people and sharing your message on a wider scale. So because I added that higher touch, the value of the course went up and I actually noticed that even though the course almost doubled in price, that more people were showing up wanting to to get involved with it because the one fear factor in them joining the group program was that they were going to get stuck and get left behind. And with that personal connection element, they were less likely or assumed themselves to be, and I've noticed them to be, less likely to get lost in the content, to get stuck with where they were, and to feel unsupported even though they're in this really intimate and juicy group program. Um, so it was a win-win-win-win all the way around. Um, the value of the course increased, my income increased for launching the course, and people got more results out of it. And so that's just the way that program is now. It's sort of a hybrid between a coaching program and a group program with a whole bunch of home study courses bonused in. (laughs) Um, because I like to deliver. That's what I'm into. Okay, so... High versus low touch. It's okay to have a low touch thing. I, When I first was setting up my first online course, I really, really just wanted a passive income. I wanted to create something that people could just buy and digest on their own and that it would free me up to have less um, requirement on my monthly income be from one-on-one work. And if any of you have been struggling with either not enough one-on-one clients and you wish there was another way for income to be coming in, or you have so many one-on-one clients that you wish there was another way people could work with you and not just be on a waiting list, then you probably have that desire for a course that can sell in its own time, Or launch a few times a year and have people just interact with it and take it on their own time. I totally love the low touch option. I personally have a number of home study courses that people can take on their own time and do regularly. Sometimes I launch them and they sell more and sometimes they're just running on automatic. Um, and selling themselves slowly over time. Um, But it's another amazing way that money can come to me. And I like having as many channels as possible that is easy and effortless for money to flow into my life. So the low touch thing is awesome. And if you wanna increase the value of what someone's gonna get out of your program and about um, the value that you can actually charge and feel good about, adding a little bit of a higher touch element is a way to go. Number eight, this is the last point that I'm going to make about course creation. I could go on and on about this, and I actually might make a course about course creation because I like to keep my whole life meta. I market about marketing, I copyright about copywriting, and now I'm teaching course creation about course creation. Um, so uh, stay tuned. This might become a course in the future if you want to actually walk hand in hand and do this all step by step together. But number eight for this list today is pre selling. So, You do not need to build out the entire course that you're launching before you know it will sell. I'm going to say that again. You do not need to build the entire course before you sell it. So what you do need is you need to get the landing page up. You need to make it possible for people to have the information they need to say yes. They need to be able to actually purchase it. And then on your end, you can set the start date out far enough that you have time to complete the course materials before they officially begin receiving it. So it's good to have some, if you're going to do it a month or more out, I would encourage you to have some quick start bonuses that people can interact with some of your content right away um, if you're setting your course date out for a while. But when you do that, you can start marketing your course. You can start actually selling it and having people actually buy it before you do the heavy lifting of fleshing out all those modules or shooting all those videos or recording all of that content because the real hard thing and i've done this a couple times too before i sort of mastered this process was i got so excited i'm a content creator i love making things i love writing things i even started love shooting videos because i love putting content out there I would build this whole course and then I would go to sell it and it would be crickets. People didn't want it. And whether that's because of what it said on the sales page or whether that's because I wasn't really clear on my niche yet or whether that was for whatever reason, I went through all this labor and all this sort of birthing pains of creating this beautiful thing only to see it have no traction. So the pre-selling element is not in any way lying to your people. You have outlined the course, you know exactly what's going to go in it, and you're giving them the opportunity to say, yes, I'm actually in, I will purchase that, here's my money. And that is so much more encouraging for you. So if you do that, you pre-sell it nobody buys it, then you have more data, you have more feedback. Maybe you need to change the title. Maybe the sales page isn't compelling enough. Maybe this isn't a topic that people will actually invest money in purchasing. And you get that information up front before you've done a whole lot more of the work. Now, when someone pre-buys it, you've pre-sold and they've purchased it, you also have that added element of suddenly the fire is under your butt. Someone is expecting this content to arrive in their inbox or on their screen or in their lives a specific period of time away from now. And you actually have capital incentivizing you To go out and finish that in a timely manner. Some of us are really highly motivated. I'm a producer. I'm a highly productive, excuse me, person. So for me, I like making stuff and I can put my own fire under my butt. But for some people, you really need a deadline in order to finish a project. So pre-selling is an amazing way of putting that fire under your butt and making sure that you are incentivized to follow through with what you said you were creating And now people's money is in your pockets, you're not going to flake on them. So it's a great way on every front to make sure it's viable what you're selling and make sure you follow through with creating it in a timely manner. So I highly recommend pre-selling and I can answer more questions about that if it still seems like a confusing idea. So that brings us to... um, pretty much the end of this podcast episode, but I just wanted to let you know that I am here for you. This is stuff that I nerd out on day in and day out. I'm a content creator to my core and I have helped tons of clients launch programs and courses, I've been doing it for years and it's one of my very favorite things to do. So if you know who you work with and you're unsure where to begin to actually expand from one-on-one services to group programs or to online courses, I would love to support you. If you want to book a call with me and do it one-on-one, there is a link that is wildheartsriseup.com slash ease. That's E-A-S-E. Um, and that will take you to a Reach Your People with Ease discovery call where we can actually talk about what you want to create, how it's going, and see if we want to work together one-on-one. For those of you who don't really want to do that right now, I also have the copywriting cohort. So this is where I'm downloading all my nerdiest content creation tips one little topic at a time through a monthly membership. It's two calls a month. One of the calls is more strategy-based. It's really about um, one item per month. So the strategy call is usually about how to write a compelling email, how to nurture your list, how to write a blog post, how to write a video script. It's all the ins and outs of copywriting as a business owner or as someone who's trading in wisdom and guidance and actually wants to broadcast their message, build their movement, and make a bigger difference with more people right away. There's so many little ways that copywriting is important as a business owner, and we sort of nitpick and get those tips underway. When you join the copywriting cohort, you also have access to the archive of all the past recordings. And the second call each month, we do these calls on the second and fourth Wednesdays um, of the month. The second call each month is an inner game strategy. So sometimes it's about unblocking ourselves from the actual creation process. And sometimes it's more of a psychological inner game look at why some copy is compelling and why it's not so this is one of my favorite things super cheap to join I'm not going to tell you the price you can go to the website and check it out if you want to but it's a very affordable membership program I'm probably going to raise the rates soon um, because it seems kind of insane to be putting this much energy and giving this much away for the price that it's at but for right now it's very affordable two calls a month with me Um, Not a huge group yet. Hopefully it'll be a huge group at some point. But really tangible, practical ways to become a better copywriter and thus um, a better thought leader. Someone who can share their message more clearly and articulately and more compellingly with um, the strategies and insights that I've gleaned from years of researching and nerding out on this stuff. So that's all I'll say about that. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode, for showing up, for being the kind of person who actually shows up and receives new knowledge, for the kind of person who listens to podcasts like this. I think you're awesome. If you wouldn't mind subscribing or rating and reviewing this show, if you're listening to it on a podcast platform, um, if it's on iTunes, that helps the show a lot. If not, that's okay too. But whatever happens, I just want to encourage you to keep going. Your message is important and your people are waiting for you. So keep asking big questions and taking bold action and remember that you are here for a reason. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical Magic.